You're listening to the Conversations Podcast, brought to you by Cypress Creek Church. Our nature is to exchange what God has given us for something that we want other than God. And if we don't choose God, we have to choose some form of a lie. Welcome to the Conversations Podcast. I'm Taylor. We are continuing our study through Romans on a series called Unashamed. And I'm joined by two special guests and friends. First, we're joined by lead pastor, Jose Avaroa. Jose, thanks for being here. Good morning, Taylor. Always good to be here. Always great to have you. And we're joined by pastor of spiritual formation, the one, the only, Bob Moss. Well, thanks I'm, for being here, Bob. I'm grateful to be here. Thank you for inviting me. Absolutely. Let's jump right in. Jose, this was a message, something I know has been on your heart leading up to this. I'd love to hear kind of more of the behind the scenes as you prepared for this message and as you ultimately delivered it on Sunday morning. Yeah. So digging into not only one, but two and a half chapters going from uh, 118 all the way through 320 is, is is a lot to cover in one message. So the last bit, you know, I, I just summarized quickly that Paul is talking about how God saves mm-hmm. both Gentiles and Jews. And there is an advantage to being Jewish, um, but but it's not anything that can earn, you know, salvation. Only Jesus uh, can impute his righteousness, can give us his righteousness, which is something that we talked about last week. So looking at these verses, starting in 18th, where we're talking about God's wrath, and that's not a subject that we talk about often uh, at church, and yet it is so important to understand because it is part of God's nature. His wrath and his righteousness go hand in hand. And um, so looking at these verses, it deals with the problem of sin. So I uh, dug these three points straight from from the scriptures. Um, I know we'll talk about them here in a second, so I won't say them now. But, but I would say that my heart uh, for the series is that we would know the truth, that we would be led by, you know, I talked about that train, the facts, um, faith, and, and feeling mm-hmm. train, that we would be led by the truth of God's word, and then that God's truth would transform us. So not only know the truth, but also be transformed by by God's truth. So these are important verses to talk about because, yeah, they talk about the problem. And the more we talk about the problem, the more God's solution should be magnified. Yeah, you unveiled three kind of aspects and problems with sin. I'll read them off real quick. Here we have holds the truth back. Sin deprives our understanding of who we are and sin moves us into God's place. Let's start out here on this first one here that sin holds the truth back. And as we look in Romans 1 towards the end of the first chapter there, uh, just this concept of suppressing the truth as far as when these, it says uh, the wrath of God is revealed from heaven against all godliness and wickedness of people who suppresses the truth by their wickedness. Uh, to ask both of y'all just practically, what does that look like to suppress the truth? Because that sounds like a, a serious thing and something that um, that we don't want to do. But what, what does that maybe look like for y'all just in a day-to-day life? And as someone, as, as you're following Christ, what are maybe some truths that you think as a society we're trying to suppress? Well, it was helpful to me to double-click on that meaning and see that it it has a lot to do with like a, a ship being held back, being tied to the dock. And so sometimes we are tied to, to our sinful behaviors, to the desires of the flesh, uh, our, our desire to you know, do things that are contrary to what God wants us to do, but also just be lazy or asleep to the things that God wants us to do. That's our flesh. And, and so we need to be 
aware of those things that want us to keep, that, that are wanting to keep us from who God has created us to be. Amen. I think <clears throat> the way that you brought about the uh, exchanging, uh, our nature is to exchange what God has given us, to exchange it for something that we want other than God. And the result is that we have, if we don't choose God, we have to choose some form of a lie, some uh, illusion, some something that's not real. And the way that you brought out the difference between freedom and free will, uh, I thought was excellent. Yeah, so personalizing it, it's, it's kind of a scary thought that God gives us the free will um, to not choose him. Exactly. To, to choose other things. And to me, one of the things that we didn't talk about that, that is really important is this, what we're doing right now. We're having a conversation about these things because through putting these or talking about these things and, and staying in the light, Bob, which you've taught me so well of how to do, sin is in the darkness, but when we put it out into the light, then it, it's it's dispelled. We're, we're no longer being held back by those things. Um, we need community to talk about these things and call these things out because personally, we can hide in, in sin and we can do a great job, you know, living in such a way where, where God now has given us over to those things. Yeah, yeah. So we, we talked about here this idea that sin holds the truth back, again, based out of Romans 1, 18 through 20. Then we've got this next part here, uh, both of y'all alluded to it already, just that sin deprives our understanding of who we are as we begin to uh, replace, as we begin to exchange the uh, truths of who God is for those. And, and we look at several different things. We look at idols, we look at um, just the behaviors that we'll get into. And so I'd love to kind of talk about, there's three idols, Jose, you mentioned just on Sunday, this hedonism, individualism, and relativism that are very popular in our in our culture today. So hedonism, I'm just reading off the slide here. You said, uh, my satisfaction and pleasure is the ultimate goal. Individualism, my needs are most important. Or relativism, which is my truth can coexist with your truth. Uh, that, that really covers a lot of them as far as just all the, the different idols that we have as a culture. How as a believer do you two, and then just even you would encourage others to maybe guard against these messages? Because I think in my experience, they're very subtle. A lot of these come from one of these three camps, but are very subtle in their approach. And so how do y'all continue to stay grounded and even just uh, taking these messages captive when it comes to living these out? Well, I think it, for me, it begins with a true understanding of the wrath of God. And in the age in which we lived, we live right now, we have to go all the way back to the cross to see the last time that God exercised his wrath. Mm -hmm. He exercised that wrath on his own son mm -hmm. when he sent him to the cross. The deeper we understand how our sin put him on yeah. the cross, to that degree we can repent and turn away from God, uh, not God, from, from, from our sin, our sin yeah. from 
our old way of life. And so when we talk about free will, God does give us free will to go anywhere we want to. And by nature, we we are God's enemies. We are we're not going to go God's way unless the Spirit of God draws us to Him. And, uh, and so understanding the wrath of God, people talk about how God is going to judge this person or that person or this country or that, whatever. Mm-hmm. God's not, all God has to do to judge is simply let us reap what we there sow. You go. That's it. That's not his wrath. We haven't even begun to see the wrath of God. The wrath of God is going to be something, uh, Hebrews says, it's a dreadful thing to fall into the hands of the living God. Mm -hmm. That's not coming in in this lifetime for us. I don't yeah. think we're going to see it. Yeah. Yeah, that's the that's the reading this passage. We didn't get too much into it, but he talks about the wrath present tense, um, you know, God giving them over and then he he's talking about the wrath in future tense, which is what you're talking about, right, Bob? The this coming day of judgment where where Jesus is going to come to judge, to to separate uh people and to me, it's encouraging because John 3.16 is followed up by John 3.17, which says that he did not come into the world. Jesus did not come into the world to condemn the world, but to save, to save the world from our sin, <laughs> from the consequence that that we should have um, that, that that we should have had to pay or or live through. And when I think about God's grace, to your point, Bob, about recognizing that God's wrath has been satisfied by the cross of Jesus Christ. Yeah, it's a different, you, you kind of take it a different a different way, brings well, hope. Because then you, you did so beautifully, you made that transition from Romans chapter one, which describes the depravity yeah. of mankind. And then he addresses the church. And he says, listen, don't judge. It's not our place to judge the world. Yeah. It wasn't Jesus' place. He, he said, I don't come to condemn, I come to save. And we're called to carry on what Jesus came to do. And we can't do that if we are making judgments because we ourselves still have issues in our own life that we need for God to yeah. work out of us. Yeah. How do you how do y'all keep that in check? Because I know that's kind of that third point they're talking about. Uh, Jose, one of the questions you had here was, "Am I seeking God's glory or my own glory?" And so much of that can be pride. So much of that can be judgment and comparison. All of that woven together. How how can you sense when you're because uh, there's a there's a rightful judgment. There's a rightful uh, just even in our own lives and our own hearts. So how do you kind of keep that in check? How do you know uh, when you're you're beginning to judge out of sin and when you're uh, making maybe a, a a righteous judgment towards something or someone? Yeah, when I feel judged, I feel inferior. I I feel um, un- unknown. Mm-hmm. I feel like um, you know this, this, someone someone is pushing me further away from them. Uh, when I know the way that God sees me, I don't feel any of those things mm-hmm. because I know that it's my sin that separates me from Him, and and so acknowledging those very things that separate me from God take away the 
separate, it takes away the separation. And so something that I'm, I'm learning, I, I wanna do better at is see people the way that God sees people. And um, Bob, you and I've had this conversation many times, see people through what Jesus has done for them. So Jesus wants the best for us. That's, that's what we need to judge and we need to discern. And we need to discern what is God's will, what, what glorifies God, and, and what is not God's will, what does not glorify God. And so when I'm focusing on glorifying God, then that frees me to talk to anybody about maybe an issue that uh, may be uncomfortable uh, but necessary key here is with love and understanding and compassion and grace. And when we do that, I think it's a game changer. And I think you did that. For example, there was a, you described a lady that was trying to bait you into an argument. Yeah. And you came back and said, it's my responsibility to love God, to love others, and to make disciples. When we focus on that, we are focusing on the right thing. Yeah. We are we are doing what God wants us to do. And it's absolutely futile to get into an argument with an unbeliever because they're walking in darkness. Mm-hmm. They're, they yeah, don't that, have mm-hmm. the light of the gospel. Yeah. yeah. And we can't argue with them. We, what else can they do? We, we can't expect anything other than then that sort of thing. And that's not making a judgment. It's helping us understand how we need to engage the world. Just do it objectively. Do it in a way that finds out where people are in their walk with the Lord so that we can uh, pray for them and love Mm -hmm. them right where they are, Mm -hmm. not trying to fix anybody, but trying to be to them what Jesus was to us. He mm-hmm. accepted us right where we were mm-hmm. when we came to him. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that, that word deprived is a good word to express what I how I used to think. And that's something that I didn't mention on Sunday, but I've 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 gone from one extreme to the other. <laughs> so so I did believe that God's way was narrow, that um, it was really not possible and quite frankly, judgmental. And so God took me from that place and thank God he was kind to me. It was his kindness that led me to repentance, not a someone that came into my world and hammered me with a Bible. No, it was a constant pursuit. Then my, my depraved mind, my the, my mind that was not able to understand the grandiosity of God's love and grace and reign slowly changed me into who, who I am becoming more and more every day. And that is more like Jesus. So again, he fills us with his heart. He fills us with his love for others. And, and that's the way, that's the way that we know the difference between judgment and discernment. Mm. Jose, I love how one of the things you said uh, just multiple Sundays as we go through series like this is we don't shy away from hard passages. And so uh, I think, you know, not only learning and looking at the consequences of sin and God's wrath and these things that we don't talk about uh, that often, but just I think the significance here is that it's woven into this series called Unashamed. So I'd love yeah. to kind of hear y'all's thoughts on, on what's so significant about it being uh, not only in this book in Romans where Paul put it, but just even as a whole, why is it important for us to talk about this as we seek to live uh, unashamed? I'll just say this. Uh, after what I just shared, a um, few years ago, I preached a message wearing a fish costume, <laughs> mm-hmm. and making that point that that I was not here to please people. I was, I was here to please God. And it really shows God's work 
in me because I used to struggle with anxiety big time. I, I couldn't even share my own opinion in a small group uh, uh, because I was so afraid at stepping on somebody else's toes or um, hurting somebody's feelings, coming off the wrong way. And, and I think the more that we follow Jesus, the more we realize the power of the gospel to save, to rescue, how it's an antidote for all. And, and so when we understand the power, that leads us to being more unashamed. And so we can talk about hard topics, we can tackle the hard things of scriptures, because again, this is, this is God's truth that helps us and it heals us. And uh, so for me, it really has been um, part of my testimony of transformation. Well, I think your comment and the way that you brought about the understanding that uh, the relativism of truth today, whereas everybody's truth can get along with everybody else's truth, what they're really talking about is the way I view the world. That's their truth. Well, you can't argue with somebody who views the world a certain way because that's how they've been trained, that's how they've experienced life, that's, there's so many things that go into a worldview. But that's not truth, that's just the way that you view the world. Mm -hmm. But truth, when Jesus came, went from being an abstract idea to being a person. So Jesus said, I am the way, I am the the truth, I am the life. And all we can do as followers of Jesus is be who we are in him and allow him to be those things to the world. And when we do, then miracles happen. Yeah. God doesn't take sin lightly, and we see that in this passage. I'd love to close just with asking both of y'all uh, what word of encouragement you would give to someone that's maybe really feeling the consequences yeah. of sin right now. Maybe they're feeling stuck. Maybe they're they're feeling caught in a pattern in a way of the world. And how how would you what would you want them to hear after a message like this on Sunday? Yeah, that's a that's a great point, Taylor. Because again, it's called this this series, we're calling it Unashamed. And I think it, it has a, a lot of different connotations. In many ways, this message is one, we, we shouldn't be unashamed of what God's word says. Uh, but it's hard to do that when we ourselves feel shame for the things that we have done. And the beautiful news of the gospel of Jesus is that he, he doesn't see us through our sin. He, he sees us as totally forgiven and, and totally renewed in him. And, and when we really understand and receive uh, God's grace on a daily basis, the, the, more, the closer we are to him and, and the more we become like him. And so I, I would say, um, yeah, well, welcome to the family of broken believers. Um, and let's pursue God together. And I think we do that every Sunday when you stand up there and say we are all imperfect people following a perfect Savior. Yeah. Immediately, that puts us all in the same camp. So somebody comes into our church that feels full of despair and discouragement because of maybe something that they've done and they feel shame and they feel guilt. All of us, have felt that. We understand how that works because 
That's where we were when we came to faith in Christ. So helping people understand our testimony by sharing with other people where we have come from is one of the key ways to help them understand that there's hope. That's right. That's right. There's hope. Thanks for listening to the Conversations podcast. Be a part of the conversation by sending questions about the Sunday message directly from ccc.guide or by emailing conversations at cypresscreekchurch.com. Don't forget to subscribe and share the podcast. Looking forward to the next conversation.